So I guess the question that always comes up when you walk into a new room, you meet a new person for the first time, you are at a networking event and you introduce yourself, is the same question tends to come up and that's, what's your journey? How did you get started? How do you get to, to where you are today as a marketer or as whatever you do? So I just thought it'd be a good idea to record that as an episode of this podcast, my journey from a few years ago working in a corporate job in IT to, to now where I am today, being a marketer, free to roam wherever I want in the world, location independent, and generally living a pretty good life. So the story, the very truncated version of the story, kind of starts four years ago when I was working this amazing job in IT. I got to travel all over the world. I was working for a roller coaster company, um, basically installing tills, POS systems, and, and um, this is basically the, the, the tills where you get your tickets and your snacks and stuff, and, and also um, installing a bunch of IT stuff in, in, their, in their back end. So it was great. I got this knack, and I've been kind of singled out as the guy who could do this, so I got sent all over the world to Australia, to the States, California, all over Europe, doing what was a pretty great job. And I found myself this one day sat on a beach on the Gold Coast. I'd finished everything up pretty early, so I'd taken a few days off. I'd gone up to the Gold Coast in Australia. It's an amazing place, Malulabar. If you ever get a chance to visit, it's stunning. And I was sat there on a beach, absolutely pissed out of my head. That means drunk if you're in the States over in, in England. <laughs> so I was extremely drunk, staring out to sea with a cigarette in one hand, a bottle of beer in the other hand, feeling completely empty inside which made no sense whatsoever. Here I was with this fantastic job, these amazing opportunities to travel, meet new people, and you know, a decent amount of time off as well to enjoy it. It wasn't like I was working end to end. And somehow I was still completely dissatisfied. I reached this point financially, absolutely secure, and there was still, there was something missing. So I just couldn't figure it out. But it start, I started to kind of piece it together in my drunken mess. And, you know, a few years before that, I'd been a punk rock violinist for years. I've traveled around Europe and I've been expressing my creativity, generally being free. And I guess this job in IT, I could see it going somewhere in the future, which didn't necessarily align with my deepest desires. So I decided to make a change. I wanted to stop working for somebody else. I wanted to try and rekindle that creativity inside myself and, and the main sort of route through to doing that which I could see at the time was setting up my own business it's what a lot of people were talking about I needed some kind of purpose I needed some kind of way to express my creativity and that seemed like a good a good way to, to build something from scratch to build something from nothing so I went back home I got back to England and I quit that job and just completely dived in with both feet, figured that I'd probably mess it up quite considerably, and, you know, along the way, I have been <laughs> quite right about that, but, you know, I figured the best way to move forward was to just get started, and that any time wasted now would be, you know, would be, well, a waste of time, so I dived in with both feet, and I started launching businesses left, right, and center, I launched all sorts of things, well, at least I tried to launch things, I launched a soft drink company, this thing, Chi Drinks, the idea was that it was going to be a um, a sugar-free, completely healthy mixer for alcoholic drinks, so that people could go out on the weekend and still drink without having to worry about sugar consumption, all the crap that you get in, um, in a lot of soft drinks, um, what else did I launch? I did like a, a food startup, like a, we did this thing called Bunny Chow, which is like curry inside a bread roll, uh, which is actually really good if you ever get a chance to to um, to try it, but it didn't really catch on because people didn't know what it was at all. As soon as they tried it, they loved it, but people just didn't know what it was. Another lesson in marketing for another episode there. <laughs> 
So basically, all of these businesses I started, I just couldn't get customers. Uh, you know, I, a few of them worked at least to a certain degree. One of them, which was, you know, really started to push the boundary was a hot sauce subscription service, which is actually still going to this day. I managed to sell that to a good friend a couple of years after. Well, in fact, I think 12 months after I launched it, which was a really great experience. But it was still customers were just trickling through and I couldn't figure it out. You know, I felt like I was doing everything right. I was building these amazing brands. I was really put, putting everything, all of my creativity into it. But stuff just trickled through. I was spending hours and hours on organic content on social media, listens to all these gurus online who just say you've got to post four or five times a day, specifically these times, and monitor what time people view your posts and all this kind of stuff, which I've since learned is absolute utter crap. So I had no idea really what was going on, and I just kind of pushed forward. Until this one day, I had almost an epiphany. And, it, you know, it wasn't really just this one day. It, it was a culmination of a lot of conversations and figuring out and starting to think about what people really wanted and what really made people tick. So I'd sat down with this guy called Danny, still a good friend to this day, and, and we started talking about setting up a new subscription box business and we started monitoring what was going on out in the market, what people liked, what people were talking about, what was getting shared on social media naturally without having to kind of force people or pressure people into sharing it themselves. And in a kind of light bulb moment, it made sense that we should send people cheese toasties in the post or grilled cheese sandwiches if uh, if you're in the States, which sounds like a pretty damn crazy idea. But as soon as we launched it, it went absolutely mental. And I mean, the day before we'd even actually launched our pre-Kickstarter campaign, so our pre-pre-launch campaign, we'd, uh, we put it out on social media and somehow it got picked up by somebody, somebody PR friendly, some kind of um, somebody in the press world. And the next day I woke up and we were in the Independent, I think, which is a pretty significant um, uh, mainstream tabloid newspaper in the UK. So it was the news in the Independent. And from there, it was just a roller coaster. It was like a snowball and it just got bigger and bigger um, until we launched our Kickstarter campaign and it went absolutely mental then. Um, so this kind of set something going on in my mind you know, this really wasn't that much effort to get all this exposure. I didn't have to sit and post on social media for hours and hours and days on end and agonize over every tiny, tiny detail. We just got the idea right, the solid foundation, and people just started sharing it themselves. This was the most profound realization I think that I've had in the marketing, in my marketing career so far, and there have been quite a few, but this really did underpin it. So from that point on, I had a plan to focus every single thing I had on the idea, on the marketing idea and how to get that viral coefficient behind stuff to get people engaged enough with the idea to share it themselves. And that's kind of been my mission up until this point ever since. But the problem with cheese posties, going back to cheese posties very briefly, was that from that point on, we had it survive on organic traffic. And as much as it was very successful, we got a hell of a lot of people on board and we did, I think, well over half a million dollars in revenue with that single product alone. We never spent a penny on ads in that in that particular time, but we still managed to get it going and it ran itself. There's a whole point there, I think, for like five or six months where I didn't even log in. Everything was completely automated. But then we decided we wanted to push things up a gear and uh, we, we got smart and um, we relaunched the business. And immediately as we did so, our supplier went bust. So we had a, a co-packer. I'd moved out to Spain. We had this co-packer up in Durham in England, which is a little town in, in, in England. And um, they went bust. They got liquidated overnight. So we had to move back to England. We had to find somewhere to set up our factory. My business partner at the time, his girlfriend, lived in uh, Bristol. So I ended up moving to Bristol. And we set up this place ourselves. 
we uh, we installed the ceiling ourselves. We found the ch- cheapest possible place because we just spent all of our, our cash uh, piling it back into this business to to, to make it work to uh, to relaunch it as, as a new premium product. So we had nothing, and we we basically had to build everything else up from scratch and realized that we wouldn't be able to carry on doing this with organic content because there were customers, there were backdated orders. We were basically we were going pretty badly in debt at this point. So. I happened to be subscribed to um, a gentleman called Frank Kern at the time, and um, and this uh, particular he's so Frank is one of the godfathers of modern direct response marketing um, on the internet, like a real genius when it comes to marketing. And um, there was something which really inspired me. It was something in just something which he said, one of his little kind of turns of phrase, which was along the lines of if you can reliably put one dollar in one end and get two dollars out the other end with advertising then you've got a scalable business and if you can scale that sort of infinitely or if you can scale it to a decent degree then you can become pretty affluent pretty fast so obviously frank says it a lot better than that i can't remember the exact phrase that he used at the time but this struck a chord in me another kind of moment of realization and i launched paid advertising with facebook behind posties and it was crazy we took it from one month um to the next i think one the first month we started paid advertisement we were doing about two thousand pounds turnover at that time it's a really bad time um and then the next the next month we did 30 i think thirty thousand pounds which is about thirty five thousand dollars literally in the case of weeks we managed to to capture this because what we'd done is we'd added this the viral coefficient that cheese posties already had and we put behind it money paid advertising which basically is like pouring gasoline on a bonfire so this is like the the perfect combination having that great idea and then pouring the gasoline on it so you know this is a problem which a lot of people have with paid advertising is that they have a really something which isn't working they put paid advertising behind it and it just kind of flops it's just a waste of money so i kind of realized that this was the key to the game was to get that really viral coefficient ideas something which people want to share of their own accord then put paid advertising behind it and and um and you're good to go so along the way i've just recently um by complete happenstance i guess the, the kind of way of the universe had this incredible opportunity actually started working with frank Kern on his team which has been an amazing opportunity and um and really gives a fantastic opportunity to me to learn a hell of a lot more about facebook advertising and marketing from from his perspective and being part of his team and simultaneously Something which I'm going to be starting up very soon, which focuses more on the viral element, which I discovered with posties and I discovered with PR, is a new podcast called Viral by Design, where I'm going to be interviewing people who've had stuff go viral, some of the people I've met along the way, some really, really smart marketers, and that's going to be launching at some stage in the coming weeks. So if you stick around, if you keep an ear out, I'm going to be getting a bit more vocal about this pretty soon. Um, I'm going to be also telling you exactly how I build this podcast, because all the things that I've learned over the last few years... Um, some of the big takeaways and learnings have been to to actually be successful with these things. You need to kind of give yourself breathing room and step back and automate things. So I'm going to tell you exactly how I do this with the podcast and set it up in a way that all I have to do is get on a, a Skype call or a Zoom call every week with the people that I want to speak to and then send that call off into the ether and then have it appear as a podcast and like a fully maintained thing with very little touch on myself so I can concentrate on all the other many projects which I've got on the go at the moment. So if that sounds like something which is um, exciting to you, that sounds it's like something that you'd like to make your ideas or your business go viral or you'd like to find out how to identify that viral coefficient in your business and how to do paid advertising with it and really make something that blows up stick around and you will learn a lot more very soon and hopefully i can be of service to you in many ways thank you as ever for listening and i look forward to hearing your journey one day